And you're now tuned in to episode 2.5 of the Black Jackson Estate Stop. If you haven't listened to episode 2, Diamond Diana, please make sure that you hop over to that one first. We're going to pick up the conversation right where we left off with Monica Lewinsky in the balcony and my heroic story of going to New York and braving the A-Train to see Janet Demita Joe Jackson inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Here it is, episode 2.5. transition you diana ross was absolutely crazy but what's the craziest about this last week week and a half is janet jackson getting inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame which is um first off let's say she was the only black person to be inducted this year she was one of two women to be inducted this year yeah so we're talking about rarefied air baby you and know. let me let me take my few minutes to shout out Jam Fam because I am a whole member of both fan communities. That is MJ Fam and Jam Fam. Jam Fam, what's up? First of all, Bay had a phenomenal weekend. She did not want to be there for none of that shit. It was written all over her fucking face. But you know what? She showed up. She was on time, as she always is. And God damn it, I'm proud to stand for Jan like that. She a bad bitch. She is finer than a mug at 51. And she came to collect her things that were well overdue. Like, it was a good well, motherfucking situation. Some people were really upset. I, I don't want to say upset, but some people were really perplexed by the idea of Janet Jackson getting this award. And, you know... I wholeheartedly believe she deserved it. We we look listen, it was a Janet Jackson takeover on our page because we as as a as the collective Black Jackson estate certainly believe she was well deserving, but there was a lot of buzz about people not believing she was worth this honor and uh, just a little bit, I want you to kind of speak to why you, you know, some of the things you were saying, I know some of the things I was saying was that she she was riding the coattails of her brothers, more specifically Michael. She would never have been this big without Michael and that she inherited a lot of fans because of him and because of her brothers and that not that she doesn't have talent, but that it was not deserving of this honor. So just briefly, you know, if you could talk about that and kind of some of the things that were being said and how you kind of, you know, ingested that or, we, we, you know, just threw it back out there, you know, kind of what your thoughts are on it. Well, let's back up to the process. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame makes several people eligible every year and it's up to those fan communities to vote for them uh, to be accepted and Janet has been eligible for several years alongside other people like Whitney Houston um, like Diana Ross as a solo artist like Shaka Khan um, who have not been inducted and let's go ahead and highlight 
how fucked up that is. I want to remind people that both rock and roll and country were genres that were started by black people. And for those industries to have been co-opted to the point where, I don't know if y'all were paying attention to the situation with the new rapper named Lil Nas X, this young man is a perfect example of like how Billboard is fucked up. And it matriculates into everything that we fight for with Michael. And it also kind of references back to like how he broke barriers where the chart, it was literally called the black charts. Before it was called R&B charts, they were called black. It was called the race records. Like if you go back and look at those charts with Michael's name, with Prince's name, with Whitney's name on it, them shits did not say R&B. And I just want to remind people that that was in the 80s. We are not far removed from that. But if you look up the story of this new guy, Lil Nas X, he was, his song Old Town Road is basically a, a trap country song. He got to number 19 on the country charts and they kicked him off after Billboard said after further review, we've decided it does not sound like a country song. It has nothing to do with his race. It really pissed me off. I streamed the song the whole weekend. If you haven't do it for him um but in the same vein that's kind of what they did to janet to kind of shut her out and and what they're continuing to do um to others who aren't in that in that number yet which is crazy because it's like you know janet's not rock and roll but the jackson five is like like what do you mean you know what i'm saying like janet's not rock and roll but aretha franklin is what are you talking about to me, what she kind of getting at, and you know, I kind of like lit up online because I didn't know that Tina Turner wasn't in the Hall of Fame as a solo artist, which is just Honey, some, it's tea. You know? Yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean, and it kind of goes to this idea of um, what is American music? What is because let's take let's strip rock and roll away. What they're trying to say is that these individuals are worthy of an honor to acknowledge their contribution to the to the universe of music, and it can't be you know questioned. It's it's unquestionable that these folks are deserving of our recognition. And um, when we talk about music and influence, if we're not talking about black musicians and singers then we're not even talking in America. You know, we're just not talking. The first jazz record to be cut on a record label was by a bunch of white guys. And we know jazz is a black art form. It is purely American, but it is black Americana, right? And so when you look at that, you know how the history of music has been played out as the history of many things have been played out in America where someone else of a different race and culture creates this thing and then it is stolen co-opted by a whole nother group, right? And then, and they pass it off as their own. And so we have these ideas and these issues of race. Elvis fits into this conversation very well. We won't even go there. Mm. And I think Janet, Janet falls in that too. A lot of people were really upset about her getting in, but I mean, you kind of look at the body of her work and I think it's undeniable, right? That she changed the landscape of music she changed. Even Michael had to step back, you know what I'm saying, and recognize his baby sister doing something 
phenomenal. What did he say? Like when he was doing Captain EO and she was, he said, I saw her doing this and she said, can I do that? And I said, like, I could, you know, I could really kind of kill you. I could choke you real quick because I wanted to do that. He recognized she had a talent and I think he kind of, he, he recognized that shine in her too. It was very different from his own yet similar at the same time. Yeah. I just, I can't get behind people knocking her um, because I think it's, it's not, I don't think it really has legs to stand on, but I, I mean, a lot of it was going on at the time, but either way, she's in there, baby. She's fucking in, and and, and, and let's back up just a smidge. So, going back to the process, there were several people who were eligible, and the final seven ended up with Janet in that number, and I think she was number three with the top votes. Um, the Cure being the number one, number two, Def Leppard, number three was Janet, Stevie Nicks, Radiohead, Roxy Music, and The Zombies. So it was in that order um, of uh, most votes to the lowest. And so she was solidly in that final seven. And everybody who thinks otherwise, the people who are on the internet who had snarky shit to say, you guys can eat a dick because she got it, she's in there, and fuck y'all. So um, it took several months of voting to get her to that place. And I really, really, really want to shout out Jam Fam and the MJ Fam that participated because it it was very difficult to keep her in in the, the top number, in that top seven, to make sure that she uh, came through because the rock fans are international. Um, four out of the seven acts that were inducted we're British. So, you know, you got to keep in mind, these are votes coming in from all over the world. And um, to keep Janet in that top seven is a testament to how strong the Jackson family fan base is and how relentless we were. Took a lot of consistent voting. I had alarms set on my phone reminding me to vote. Shit, I was using private browsers to vote. I was using my Amazon <laughs> account, my Gmail, Facebook. Um, different email addresses. Shit, I used all three, four of my emails to vote for Janet to make sure she was in that number. And that's what everybody else does. So, yeah, she made it in there in the top three, um, no less. And so that was super dope that she is officially in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with her brothers. Yeah, I think, I mean, listen, man, you talking about the only family to have that many folks inducted in that's phenomenal and for them to be black is so befitting okay let's just talk about that you know because man and and this is not even you know this is not even me being black centric it's talking about american music and culture and influence and black influence is so infused into what like bruno said gives america its soul and its swag right so it makes perfect sense to me and you know if you don't like Janet, fine, but she in, you know? And so I think that's important. Let's talk about who was at Janet Jackson's table. Who was sitting at the table with Janet? Oh, so I, I'm not sure about the whole table, but here's what I caught. I caught her bodyguard. I caught Questlove, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, of course, Angela Wimbush. I'm not sure if Leon Silvers was there, which if y'all don't know who Leon Silvers is, he is the eldest brother of the Silvers, who was, uh, that was a family group. They were phenomenal. Um, They came on the heels of the Jackson 5, and they used to get confused for them a lot. 
And Leon Silvers was a phenomenal songwriter and wrote some of Janet's early songs along with Angela Wimbush. Um, uh, who else was at that table? Um, I think that was it. I, I think maybe Gil might have been there. Her um, her executive choreographer or her um, choreography director, I think is his official title. I know he was there with her. I'm not sure if he was actually at the table. Um, but that was about it. All right. Well, I mean, so did you catch any, again, did you catch any Jacksons at this event? No. And let me tell y'all something. It took me about three days to stop being mad about that because I did not see any Jacksons there. Now, let me add a disclaimer. That doesn't mean that they weren't there at the event. That doesn't mean that they weren't at the party. That doesn't mean they weren't at her uh, apartment or hotel room. I don't know none of that, but I ain't see them and I didn't see them post anything. And that kind of hurt because, you know, of course the brothers are on tour. We know that, but it really was a historic moment. It's going to be broadcast on HBO at a later date with, I'm sure a lot of promotion behind it. Um, and this was a big deal. This was a huge deal. And so I was a little butthurt that, you know, none of our nieces and nephews were visibly there um, and that they didn't shout it out on social media either. And yeah. again, like... I was about to hit you there. Like, so, I mean, who was talking about, you know, okay, listen, the world, the Jan fam, the MJ fam was going crazy online for Janet. And, you know, so, you know, and, and obviously just because you don't say something online doesn't mean you don't feel whatever you're feeling. But... Um, do you remember, because I don't remember seeing anybody from the family um, that is a regular poster, okay? So I'm not going to pretend that I understand her engagement. I'm also not going to pretend that I have the bandwidth to understand her engagement because I ain't in her shoes. Baby girl just turned 21. But if my auntie was getting the high honor of high honors, a high honor that Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, ain't even got. Right. I, I'm going to have to say, man, I got to say something. Maybe so, not, though. I mean, I, I try to put both shoes on both feet. Like, there. Do that. Huh? <laughs> say, how do I do that? I put you one on the left and put on the right. You say you're trying to put... Okay. Um, that's what that meant. But when I say that, I mean, I, I really do try to look at it from both sides where one, again, perception is reality. And, you know, it really doesn't matter what the truth is. Here's how it looks on the other side of the screen. So there's that. And then two, I also know I got some cousins, not necessarily my aunts and uncles, but I definitely got some cousins I don't fuck with and wouldn't spit on them if they ass was on fire. And so maybe that's the situation that she's in. Um, I, I don't want to assume that, but that's definitely how it looks when she doesn't say anything. So again, I don't want to put all this pressure on Paris because her other cousins didn't say anything either. Um, and so that's not, that's not something to put on her shoulders just because we're Michael fans. Like she has several hundred <laughs> cousins out here who, you know, 
could have done the same thing. And I'm sure between all of us, we follow them and we see it. And so, you know, this, this is us saying in love what it looks like as a fan. And because we support them all, the shade, you know, doesn't quite make sense to us. And hey, it does not have to. But I mean, it was disappointing to see, yo, y'all didn't have Janet's back. And and here's why, to, to go even deeper, because, you know, I'm somebody who studies history. I'm somebody who understands cultural nuances and again the weight of that moment is massive and to know that she broke that barrier and joined 61 other pairs or groups of siblings who were inducted into the the rock and roll hall of fame and it was not put on a grand stand by this family it kind of broke my heart because in a lot of ways the family comes together for michael in ways that they don't come together for janet and Think about it this way. When when these claims come out against Michael, as they have done not once, not twice, three, three or more times at this point since 93, each time the family will come together and at least release some sort of statement saying this is on behalf of the family. Now, let's consider Janet's Super Bowl situation and then let's consider this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Where something where where she needed protection, they didn't necessarily come out as a family and say we support her. Not to my remembrance. Now keep in mind, we were in high school when that shit happened. But I was also a Carolina Panthers fan, and I was very much watching that game from start to finish and everything that had to do with it. Because after that titty fell out, the Panthers' lead just dropped dramatically, and so I, that is a moment that will never be neuralized from my memory but I don't remember the Jackson family coming together and supporting her in that way as a matter of fact the only reason Michael made statements about it was because he was getting grilled about the Martin Bashir thing around the same time and he went on Geraldo and Geraldo asked him about it so because so I don't remember what did he what did he say um he said something to the effect that, you know, he told her that this is a thing that happens, that she didn't do anything wrong and that the media will blow anything out of proportion and that he had her back and he supported her. And he thought it was crazy. Uh, and he just talked about how we've seen so much worse, you know, in the way that Michael does. <laughs> like, like, you know, we've seen so much worse than this, you know, and I mean, I think no, no. And he he was effective in saying that. However, he did not come out on his own and make that statement. And that's not to say that she necessarily needs somebody to come and shoot for her every time something pops off. However, when the shit popped off for him, who's the one that pulled up the MTV Awards with the pervert shirt so she could say, nah, you got it all fucked up? You you were mad mad and and I, and let me say this okay I'm and, and I don't think so I'm gonna speak for both of us in this in this sense we are people who recognize that so only God can see all 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 corners of a situation He sees the whole 360 Most of us see parts of it Sometimes we see a lot of it Sometimes we don't see a lot of it But we we can't judge someone's heart and intentions and emotions because we just can't peek that hard into someone's in, in their humanity and their soul, right? Period, right? But then there are things we can see. And the things we can see, you got to be careful because the perception is a reality. So do I think that 
anyone doesn't love her and her family and is proud of her. No, of course, I know they are, right? But perception is reality. If you're out here talking 24-7 about X, that is some bullshit and some lies and disrespectful and not important. And you're going on and on and on, can't understand why it lasts so long about that thing. And then when we get to some shit that's real and is beautiful and is wonderful and is exuberant and is joyful and is deserved and is tied to your family and you say nothing, that's never going to come off well. It's not. And let me highlight this as well. I don't want to drain y'all, but I really also know that y'all going to listen to it anyway. Um, <laughs> or, not. Or, not. or not. Or not. Or you won't. <laughs> and you won't. We might Cut have our ass off. Cut our ass off if you need to. It's fine. Yeah, put me on pause. You, you. It might be 14 listens on this episode, and that's cool. Listen, I think this is really important. And I swear to God, I hope there is a Jackson listening to this or a Jackson affiliate that will share this message with them. It is very important that you continue to highlight the platform where you cannot fail, and that is the music. When you pivot the conversation back to Michael's music, back to the brothers' music, back to Janet's music, Back to everybody's music. Terrell's got new music about to drop. When you pivot the conversation back to what you do best and what no one can take away from you, which are your voices and your ability to write, sing, perform, that is what makes all the bullshit not able to fly. That's what that's what takes the legs from somebody like Dan Reed because ultimately... When you pivot it back to the art form that made you famous, that is where your truth lies. That is what, that's why we're tuned in in the first place. And so if you, if we as fans continue to pivot back to that, that's why you're always going to see us put the polls up about your favorite songs. And we're always going to continue to have those conversations about the art. When you talk about the art, you cannot lose. And I think we do Michael and we do Janet a disservice when we fail to highlight their art, especially when it's relevant. When it's the 25 years since Dangerous comes out, Michael Jackson Estate, you need to highlight that. When Janet's getting accepted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you need to highlight that. That is how we beat the rumors. That is how we kill the division. And also, this also goes back to y'all go, jumping down my throat when I said Paris was wrong and stepping into a trap by saying that it was not her place to fight this documentary. You sow seeds of division that people are going to take advantage of. Now, we know ultimately that family is unbreakable and that y'all got each other's backs to the end of time. And and the fans got y'all's backs in that as well. But it's motherfuckers out there who are going to continue to put those talking points out there whenever it's relevant to them that y'all are only in it for the money. And that, you know, Michael keeps everybody's kids fed you know we know that's bullshit but on days like that where you don't where you don't highlight the art you're you're giving them more ground 
to argue that point. And I just want to remind y'all that you shouldn't give ground to that ever. And let's let's be real, right? So we know that there's a there's a hypocrisy even in a lot of these arguments. Oh, it's all about money when we talk about the Jacksons, but no one wants to talk about these guys suing for millions and millions and millions of dollars. Ain't that money? I thought dollars was money. Right. I mean, so you know, it, you know, there's a hypocrisy here, and we we recognize that that it exists in this space. And just to be real, when you're black, you understand that hypocrisy it exists in so many spaces, right? So it's not new, and we don't really kind of bat an eye when we see it pop up because we recognize it. Like, oh, so if I say X, I'm a bad guy. If you say X, you're still a good guy. Right. You know, and, and how does that work? You know, so we recognize that and it exists even in this conversation about Michael. But let me say this, too, because, you know, we, we you know, you said what you said about Paris. And, you know, here's the thing. I hope people really kind of understand about our account. A lot of the stuff we tell you who said what. Right. We'll be like Asha did. Kay said this, you know, and, you know we kind of give you some insight into who said what, but a lot of it, we kind of just let you decide because we speak as one voice. There is never a time when I've been censored where I, or where I'm going to censor Ashley and say, Hey, I don't like that. You know, if we delete something, it's with reason and we don't delete things without like, it is really a group consensus, which is why the black Jackson estate is still a small group because we can control it better. Right. And it's not saying we won't, you know, if someone wants to be a part of Black Jackson Estate, it doesn't mean that we won't eventually open that up because we got some things down the pipeline that we're hoping to, you know, to have open up and to be able to share with you guys. And that might mean bringing on some some additional people. But we're very open about being of of one mind or just allowing each other to express our opinions about certain things. And it's never in anger of you know, a nasty anger. It's always in love. Even if you're angry, it's still coming from a place of love. Um, and so that's kind of how we, we rock with that. But we, we, you know, I think, you know, just to kind of cap it off, Michael's fans are so phenomenal. And, and, you know, I'm, you know, at this point I'm really talking to MJ fam out there who have been we've been interacting with or you know whatever whether we know you or don't know you y'all are fucking the bomb like that kind for real because it's hard to stand michael jackson right now and michael's fans do it so superbly so masterfully you know and it's just it's i i sometimes i'm in all myself because you and i you know, there are people who are going so super hard, you know, and it's not, oh, the estate has uncovered. It's, oh, the fans have uncovered lies and inconsistencies and things that call these guys into question. It's not the estate. They're not saying the estate did this shit. They're saying Michael's family, his fans did that shit. And I think that's, tell me some, somebody else you can say that about. Tell me some other celebrity you can say that. This does not exist. Michael's fans are just in a new galaxy, and there's no celebrity who would not want a fan base like the Michael Jackson fan base because they're going to go hard for you, you know? And so, you know, I just want to say that because I, I just think the MJ fam deserves a lot more credit than they're getting from the estate 
They deserve a lot more credit than they're getting from so many different outlets and media because literally Dan Reed's spot has been blown because of the MJ fam. Right. And I do want to highlight the family and friends of the family that that y'all do very well. Y'all do lift the fan community up because y'all know we do the work. And so there's that. Okay, wait a minute. No, name some names because I definitely want to hear you say a specific name. Go ahead. About what? You said the fan, the family and friends of the family, and I really want you to talk about Miss Brenda real quick. Oh, come on now. Come let's, on now. Let's talk Man. about let's talk about our our favorite defenders. Okay, so you got Taj, who is relentless. Um, you've got. I'm trying to think. There's another person other than Miss Brenda. Uh, Miss Brenda's number one. Uh, who else? Oh, uh, yo, on the low, Keith Powers. <laughs> Ew, and he's hey, fine. Keith Powers, man, yeah. What should they? If y'all have not seen the new edition movie. Say it again. Say it again. Woo Chile. If y'all have not seen the new edition movie on BET, Keith Powers plays uh, Ronnie DeVoe. And he is consistently tweeting on behalf of Michael. We love that energy. Um, Stephanie Mills is another one. But let me tell you something. Brenda Ritchie? Let me tell you something about Miss Brenda. We been knew Brenda Ritchie was about that action from the moment she came for Lionel Richie. Like, that story is legendary about how she got Lionel's ass together. Like, if you don't know about it, Google it. Miss Brenda got his shit right on together. And they still have a very loving friendship and relationship. And they, their co-parenting, I think it is probably one of the best examples of co-parenting in the history of time. But Brenda Ritchie has had Michael's back in such a consistent way that I am slapping my fist with my hand right now. Y'all can hear it. Um, Brenda Ritchie has been solid as a rock and thorough bread. And yo, and and if you fuck with her and we catch wind of that shit, we are don't worry, we are coming through with some with you because listen, what you won't do is disrespect this woman. Now, if you deserve it like Oprah, we just gonna sit back, okay? But when you don't deserve it like Miss Brenda Ritchie, we're coming for you. So leave her alone. If you you don't know him like she knew him, there's so many things she says that all we can do is say amen because we didn't know that dude like she knew him. And so it's you need to listen sometimes. And so when Miss Brenda Ritchie talks, you need to fucking listen. And if you refuse to listen or you want to come after her, oh, we are on that ass. And we have not been put in Twitter jail and we will not be put in Twitter jail. But I'm going to tell you this thing. If we do end up in Twitter jail, it'll be over Miss Brenda motherfucking Richie. So don't fucking. <laughs> I, I hope one day she finds the patience to listen to this podcast. Because Man, I don't know. If you, uh, listen, she, listen, we will go to Twitter jail and y'all just won't hear from us until they let us out. If y'all keep coming after Miss Brenda Richie and we have to take it there. The lucky thing is she, she able to hold her own. Everybody so, coming for Brenda Ritchie in 2019. Y'all don't want that fucking smoke. 
you don't want that smoke, man. And she's able to hold her own. If she was somebody who wasn't able to hold, if it was like Michael, if Michael really had a legit Twitter in 2019, we would be in Twitter jail because he don't know how to ha- he don't know how to do it. You know, we would have to do it. Um, but Miss Brenda Ritchie is not Michael. She know how to handle hers. That's Can we I'm pivot saying. to the train? Because let me tell you something. I just I don't know who at OK being white is but i'm scrolling on my phone and i just saw at, no no say it again say it again the twitter name is at okay being white and they tweeted he was not molested on a train he was not molested in the rain he was not molested on a boat he was not molested by a goat he was not molested here or there he was not molested anywhere the news is fake and the movie is a sham do not trust them Sam I am god damn it you people yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah that's legit like it, so when you hit Dr. Seuss you have entered a new realm of fucking excellence you are there Talk about the train, yo. Choo-choo. Let's talk about this. First of all, we got to... We can close out because, look, we we pulling up on two hours. But you're going to edit it, so it's going to be less than that. You're going to edit out our bullshit. Am I? (laughs) No, you are. You're going to edit out our bullshit. Y'all love the bullshit. Nah, they they don't have time. Even, you know, I run. I'm a runner. But these motherfuckers ain't running that damn long. I ain't even running that damn long. So, no, no, you're going to edit out some bullshit. Let's talk about the train, okay? So, first, we got it. Before we can even talk about the train, we got to talk about Jimmy. Wade has gotten a lot of of airtime. It's time to talk about Jimmy. Jimmy ain't shit. (laughs) Jimmy ain't shit. Taj called it first and said that he thought James was going to crack first. That's what Taj said. And you know what? You know what? First of all, let's talk about people talking about it's in his eyes. Oh my God, look at his face. He's so distraught. He's oh clearly been that's fucking constipation, y'all. And you need to recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me say something real, real. Because I've been I've been wait. You gotta recognize him when you say it. That's constipation. It it probably is in a little case of dry mouth. But let me be <laughs> let me be real. F- Leaky jaw. Leaky is that leaky throat? Leaky I don't jaw. know what you call that, but I do not want it, nor do I have it. Let me be serious for, for about 30 seconds to a minute. I'm a, I have been a victim of assault. Uh, most women have, to be fucking frank. Um, and I can recall exactly where the fuck I was. I remember what I was looking at. I, I don't remember what I had on, but I remember context that I wish I could scrub from my memory. And I know there are plenty of victims who have been assaulted either physically, sexually, mentally, um, where it's just certain parts of that shit you, you're not going to get rid of. Now, I know there is there are cases of people who lose memory temporarily and then it comes back to you. But for the most part, the trauma of abuse is not being able to scrub that moment from you and, and, and from your mind. And for this little motherfucker to imagine his abuse occurring in a space that did not exist 
is such a slap in the face. I can't tell you how livid I was when I don't know which one of y'all dug up them records about when that goddamn train station was built. But it's like you knew he was lying the whole time. But that's one of those receipts that just makes you want to punch through a wall because it's not something that any victim would fuck up to the point where you're off by five or six years about the location. This man said he was molested from the ages of 10 to like 15. And then, and, and, and the train wasn't built until 92. So now we pushing your memory back to the point where you not, you 15, 16 by the time the shit is even built. So what the fuck are we even talking about? Jane says that the abuse ceased around 14 years old. 14 years old for James is 1992. The train station doesn't get built until 94. So that expands the timeline of abuse, right? But that's not what James says in his official court documents. So now we're talking about, and now, so here's what people need to understand about official court documents. They aren't haphazardly submitted to the court. You have a lawyer. He has a lawyer who's quite capable, quite experienced. Um, and that lawyer sits down and goes and makes sure that that what we're going to submit is foolproof. It's what we believe. It's what we understand as the truth. Right. And so at that point where we've created something that blows apart what we've submitted to the court. That should be a legitimate concern for anyone looking to validate these claims. And Can we exactly- pause for a minute? Can we just highlight the fact that you know what the fuck you talking about? Because you a whole ass attorney out here. Listen, let Sister KJ get y'all together on these court <laughs> okay? Because... Listen, listen, I'm just saying, like, we just need to talk about it from a reality standpoint. We're not talking about, and I, pre- like, first of all, let me, as a lawyer, let me say for MJ fam, I love the fact that y'all are baby lawyers, no license, but y'all are doing some real shit that I would, I would hire you to come work for me, you know, to help get the shit together, you know? And so let me, let me acknowledge that reality, but let me also acknowledge in the same breath that there are so many folks speaking from a place of ignorance. And so, but th- but they're putting this off as intelligence and validity, and it's not real, right? I'm not going to put my my license, I'm not going to put my, um, my credibility on the line for a client who I just don't believe has a credible story. You know, yeah. so I need your story to read as credible. When we make that claim, we need it to read great. If someone comes and is able to poke holes in it, we need to be able to counteract those those pokes with some with something that makes sense, right? And so Dan Reed is playing lawyer here for James Sapechuk. And that's not a good idea. He's not a lawyer and he can't do it well. But he's trying to do it because he recognizes that his story is falling apart. And, you know, the truth is that, you know, you need to stick to a story. That's what gives you credibility, that you are unchanging. 
and that in the face of unchanging, although you you know you face opposition, your story stays strong. That has not been the reality for either of these accusers. As they have faced opposition, they have changed stories. They've decided to tell different versions of events. They've decided to expand or contract as it as it seems appropriate to maintain some level of abuse and accusation. And that's something people need to look at. That matters. Credibility matters, right? And we're not just talking about James and Wade. We're talking about if someone calls you for jury duty, I hope that credibility matters and that when we can show that someone's credibility is compromised, you take notice of that and you don't ignore it. And that's where we are right now. Are you going to take notice of that? Or are you going to ignore it so that you don't have to be wrong? And you and I, Ash, have talked about the fact that people don't like to be wrong. They don't like it. You know, because this is it's a shock to your pride to say I was wrong, but that's the world we live in. As a lawyer, I live in that world. Sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I, you know, and when I get it wrong, I need to be quick to recognize once I realize I'm wrong that I am wrong, and th- and then try to reverse course and try to figure out a fix to that wrong, right? But sometimes there is no fix, um, and that leaves you holding the bag, and nobody wants to hold the motherfucking bag at the end of the day, Period. and so. I- that's where we are with Dan. Dan is holding the bag and he don't want to hold that motherfucker because he didn't start it. They did back in 2014. Like, okay, let's be real. Ashley, when did you hear about, I wasn't even fucking dealing with Michael Jackson's shit. I I told you, I was checking in on Mike like once every couple of months, you know, to see what was going on. I saw this stuff on TV And I said, this is bullshit. I read up on it. I read up on the accusations. I read up on everything. And it did not ring true. You know, Dan, unfortunately, thought that this would be the thing that explodes his career. It just didn't, you know. But at that point, if you're Dan Reed, at that point, what do you do? Um, You argue with fans on the Internet all day. Like, this... All day. And I cannot highlight enough how awkward this is um i think um i think it was brian swain one of the jam fam who highlighted the fact that the only other person he's seen on twitter that argues this much is uh donald trump and uh that's not a lie where you know, this guy is constantly defending a narrative that is crumbling every day, every minute. Major publications have now picked up that the train station did not exist and at the time period where it was previously stated in the movie. And so he's got to fight back. And so much so that today the motherfucker was tweeting that the fans have conceded that the molestation happened, but something, something, something. No, we didn't. We never did, you know? And... You know, he's going to continue to make up bullshit because this is his claim to fame. This is how he's feeding his kids. And what's going to happen is he's going to get these first quarter earnings from January through March of 2019. And he's going to see a severe drop off for the rest of the year where, you know, the bullshit isn't going to pick up or it's not going to be able to continue to sustain him through 2019. So, to James, to Wade, to Dan, I really hope 
y'all invest your little coins into some cryptocurrency or some shit because you know you about to see a you about to see a huge drop off in your earnings because well, nobody's going to consider thing, your sources valid because they're not yeah, they're I mean, made up my, my my thing with Dan is that you know he has had it's not worth what he bet you know it's not worth what he bet you have guys who have testimonies that are shakier than the Avarez testimony and we know that shit was you know, okay, so people have to remember, which people don't on the internet, what was happening in 2005. This shit imploded. You had, and we're not talking about journalists, bless their heart, who are cute and who try to be little lawyers. We're talking about real-ass lawyers and legal scholars sitting in the courtroom going, this is a fucking shit show. They have no evidence. They have nothing. It looks like a hit job. So you got to talk to the real ones. Let's just put that out there. Fuck the journalists, and I say that with respect, but fuck the journalists, and let's talk to the people who know what they're talking about, who talk that talk. Right. Because they don't even they didn't even buy it in 05. It it fell apart so quickly. Michael went to trial because he needed to a because he had to b because he was innocent. See, and all three of those are equally important. You know, he needed to validate and vindicate himself. And he did because there was no evidence. Not only was there no evidence the evidence that they put forward was contradictory at every turn. They couldn't even decide what they wanted, to, what their story, what the story they wanted to go with. Right. You know? And so now we're, now let's fast forward and we look at Jim, Jimmy and Wade who have told multiple stories. And I'm not just talking about multiple stories of abuse. We're talking about multiple stories of no abuse and abuse. And if you're not talking about that piece, you're not even talking about the full the full aspect of what they're claiming. If someone is telling you, I watched Leaving Neverland and that's how I formed my opinion, you can just throw them out the door because right. they're not someone who's willing to look at all aspects of the tale. You know, whereas the fans are willing to do that and whereas people who are looking for the truth are willing to do that. They're not willing to do that. They want to believe what they want to believe. And so they're looking for anything that supports that belief. And that's not what Michael fans have done. Let's just be real. When you, you know, when you come into the Michael fandom, you come in and at some point you learn about these accusations. And if you have any sort of humanity, you you tolerate and it, you entertain the idea that Michael may have done this. You have to. I you know why you have, you have to because you don't know that man right. personally. You do not know him. So you need to listen to the other side. You need to hear what they're saying and you need to hear what they're saying with an open mind. And then you need to process that against counter evidence and decide whether or not they are likely telling the truth. And that's what we've done. And the likelihood is that they are not telling the truth, that they are motivated, motivated by something more than the truth. They are motivated by money. The and coin, that's where we're at. 
the coin bit. And and let me just continue to encourage the fans. Keep doing what you're doing. I know we're all like putting putting in hours, like finding these receipts and digging them up and shit, going through hard drives and all types of shit. Keep it up. I'm gonna tell you why. The last campaign I was on, um, I learned a really valuable lesson about journalists and how lazy they are. Where if you don't serve up the story with the sources included to the journalists, because they have so many deadlines to meet and so many stories to write, nine times out of ten, if it takes intensive digging, they're not going to do it. And so what we're doing is putting the story together for them and serving it up on a platter where now all Ebony Magazine has to do is write you know, write it, you know, we, we've given you the receipts and we've told you what the, what the uh, conflict is here. Now you write it and put your name in the byline. And that's really as simple. That's really as simple as it is. Like it, it comes down to that where you never underestimate how long the day is for a journalist and how much shit they have to pack into that. And they get paid Per article, a lot of times, and you know they want that. They they want that byline. Step back from that. Y'all need to understand how people get paid out here. Yeah, because you don't understand that. You don't understand the things that you're seeing and reading, right? You need to understand how people make their money. They make their money off of writing this shit. There are people who blog for the for the joy and love of blogging. And there are people who write their opinions out for the joy and love of writing their opinions out. And there are people more often than not who write that shit out for money. Right. And the ads ads that go along with it. And 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 then don't and don't forget the company. Don't forget the company that you write for. Understand that people are not writing and blogging and, you know, YouTubing a lot of times off of just straight passion. They are doing it off of an incentive and an opportunity to monetize their thoughts and ideas. And so you have to always, and that's why sometimes MJ fam, you have to just not respond to people because you need to recognize that that's what's going on. There was a specific person, I think it was Nick Cannon, somebody was like, you know, y'all go listen to this two minutes because he says Michael's a monster. And, you know, I listened to it, and I was like, who the fuck is Nick Cannon? Do we have something positive to close this shit out on? No, we got some real positive to close this out on. We want to give a major shout-out to John Branco, who just got married... Well, you say that you know we're gonna give John B a shout out because he is out here living his best Michael Jackson life, and um, we want to give a serious shout out to the Michael Jackson fan community. And I, I really feel like we need to shout out some names. I'm gonna tell you some people who have really been on their shit. Right. And and justice for some. Let's talk about that. Okay. And let's talk about Samar. Right. And we can talk about Material Girl 97. We can talk about MJJ Justice Project. You know, our homeboy in South Carolina, the good doctor. We can talk about him. We can talk about man, listen, Lyric Jackson. 
we can talk about man there's so many people to talk about indigo star indigo star who else you got destiny angel yep um who else indigo goddess there's a lot yeah, of lose away. You know, our home. Listen, we got the some way you love me, 90 Lady Taurus, yeah. 24. You out here. Um, you know, the way you love me. Yeah, the seeker. Listen, wait, and, you know, it's I T H L one T three. Please tell me what this stands for. I feel like it's an acronym for a Janet song, and it's gonna come to me. You would know better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I love you so much, but you have got to break this acronym down for me because I know I know it, and it's fucking blowing me. I-T-H-L-1-2-3. Listen, so listen, and we're not even... It's an abbreviation for your name, and I'm going to feel real stupid. There's someone else we're waiting to follow us back. We ain't going to say who they are because we don't want to gas them. Mostly um, just Brenda Richie. I don't really care about nobody else but Brenda. Miss Brenda? Miss Brenda. I'm about yeah. to be. I'm about to be on her front lawn like Smokey was in this park. Listen, we about to be on there with the push lawnmower, baby. Come on, Miss Brenda, give me that follow back. We got your back, shorty. We gonna be on there with a the push lawnmower. No catching the grass. The grass is going out in the street. We on there with a the push lawnmower. Yeah, let me shout out my G Kyla who went uh, to New York with me um, and has gone to several Janet shows with me and also. My BFF, cool kid, seven six seven, started the MJ Kids together, and, and that's my G. So, um, it's a lot of fans out here who've been consistent, and we love y'all. We're gonna continue to shout y'all every Man, episode. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something about Ashley. So, I think when we were maybe fifteen years old, we were young or whatever. She sent me a tape of Michael song that were unreleased. And so I know some of y'all don't understand that because you got the greatest hits collection and all that shit that came out that put those songs on discs. But they were not on disc at the time. And I remember I got a package in the mail and it was from Ashley Blue. And she had sent me some songs that were not released and they were only on different sites where fans had uploaded the songs. And one of the songs was On The Line. Um, which was from, what movie was that? What Spike movie? Get on the Bus. It was from Get on the Bus. And I remember that song. I love that song, first and foremost. And she put it on tape for me, and I used to play that shit all the time. So when I tell you me and Ash Blue, Ash Cash, are tighter than motherfucking virgins, I mean that, you know, I didn't have that. And as a Michael fan back in the day, y'all, so y'all love the internet and it's great and we love it too. And we're not that damn old, but we're also old enough to recognize a time when you didn't have it. And I remember her sending me stuff that kind of took my fandom to another level because it allowed me another layer of analytics and appreciation of Michael's vocals and um, lyricism and his artistry and I say that to say Ash Cash is the real... So first of all, that's user two. So y'all know when she... When I start shooting, you already know. 
I already know. And I know y'all think that I'd be coming with the problematic shit, but I just want you to know that whatever whatever uh, polls go up, they are co-signed by her. So really, you can't look at me and say like, oh, user one is the motherfucking problem, child. It's really, um, at the very least, we are both problem children um, in this Michael fandom. But I just want to give a shout out. If y'all don't have somebody in the fandom that does that for you and kind of solidifies yourself, we can be that for you. Um, and just shoot us a message, man. If we don't follow you, just let us know. Like, hey, I've been following y'all. Y'all don't follow me, but I want you to so we can talk and we'll follow you. It's not an ego thing over here. We don't live for followers. We live for um, love. So don't even don't even fucking worry about that. We will follow you. It's not a problem. Um, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Ash Cash, who, like I said, <laughs> was like super deep in. And just allow me to take my fandom to another level back in the day when y'all weren't even thinking about it. Um, but that's how we leave it on a positive note, Michael fam. And, you know, we gave this episode primarily to, to some ladies, and I think that was rightfully so, since women have had a major impact in Michael's artistry and life. Um, and I don't know what else we got to say. I know what we have to say. What? We pray for our mothers, pray for our fathers. All right, you need to our families well. We sing songs for the wishing of those who are kissing, but not for the missing. So this song's for all the last children. Listen, let me shout out. I want Destiny because she really fucking hates that song. And, you know, I can't even be mad at her. I'm not going to allow you to ruin that. That song is beautiful and terrible at the same damn time. Home with their fathers, snug, close, and warm, loving their mothers. I see the door simply wide open, but no one can find me. That's my shit. Yo. Appreciate you. We are the Black Jackson Estate. That is who are you over there? Ash Cast one and only. Ash Cast one and only. KJ over here. Listen, if y'all need anything from us, you know we are one tweet away, baby. We got you, man. We love you, MJ fam. It's all love. Let's look out for episode three. But until next time, man, we love y'all. One love. We'll see y'all in LA. This one's for all the lost children. Shut up, man. Get off the line, man. Like, for real. Like, you want to switch around with you, man. Nah, I'm about to call you on your phone because this is some bullshit. I'm, 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 I'm ending this shit. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I, I, don't worry. Next episode, I got your ass. Don't you worry. <laughs>